Hello and welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho. Josh, 3 nothing win against Seattle to keep the season on life support. Are you on life support, Josh? Are you healthy? I mean, it, I, this game was coming into it. I mean, you probably expected to be at this point for us to finish tonight and be like, okay, let's get ready for next season, right? Like, <laughs> this was not a game. List. Yeah, I mean, like after the after the draw in the last game, not no, not the yeah. last game, draw no, the last game, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. After drawing Minnesota, right? You come to this game, you know, really looking, you know, at an uphill battle, um, in the sense that you know you lose this one and it's pretty much done at that point. And Seattle's a team that again we've had we've obviously we beat earlier in the year, but to beat them, generally speaking, with with our current setup and roster, we've had to play a perfect game. And a perfect game yeah. they played. Um, and again, I mean, obviously you're catching a Seattle team that's, again, not peaking at the right time, which is weird for a Seattle team, right? Usually Seattle mm-hmm. starts off like we've started started the season and then yeah. peaks around this time, so, you know, just barely sneaks into the playoffs. And the next thing you know, they've won MLS Cup. Um, whereas LAFC, you know, much to our chagrin, started off terribly for most of the majority of the season. But since the arrival of Arango has... Sl- They've all slowly put it together and have looked better and better with each passing day. Um, good, even in even in the draw, right? Even in some of the losses that we've seen, they've the continuity just seems so much better than it has over the course of the season. And so, obviously, for today, um, you know, you missing you know key players in, in Atuesta and Cifuentes. Um, again, it was definitely not. You know, again, you didn't have high hopes coming into it, but they delivered, right? And with yeah. with an unorthodox in an unorthodox way, but in a, in a way that again screams screams that this team is still hungry and is still playing extremely hard for their coach. Um, and I think, like I said, we've we've questioned and been down on some of the decisions that Bob has made in terms of his substitution, some of those things, but at the same time. We've also kind of had that caveat in saying, you know, we're we're not really truly Bob out until he's lost the locker room. And yeah, again, there something's happened in the in the last, you know, again, I mean, seemingly since Arango has arrived, um, in which you've seen that that desire just kind of peek through the roof, right? It's like I don't know who they're playing for, whether they're playing because they hate Bob, whether they're playing because they love him. Um, they found some kind of common cause to to get it get it together heading in, you know, at the right time. So you know, again, it's it's great to see. It's good to be able to talk about another win, um, you know. So I, again, it's it's a lot to be happy about today. Yeah. So I mean, I I was really excited to talk about this match, not only because of the the surprising and like fantastic result that LAFC get three nothing is is a big time win over Seattle. Um, it's also against Seattle, which is it, it. That's a, you know, everybody, everybody has made a lot of this rivalry. And I think for, for good measure, these games always seem to go one way. It's like the, this helter skelter way that we play Seattle, we get smashed and then we smash them and then they come back and smash us again. Um, and it does, it does certainly have the air of, of a rivalry where it, Anything can happen at this point, but also because the tactics in this one, this is one of the first times that I can remember Bob really making some tactical changes. And as you mentioned, you know, missing Atuesta, missing Sifu on yellow card uh, accumulation, all the injuries that are uh, that are kind of plaguing the team right now. So I think Bob's hand is forced, but man, he pulled a rabbit out of a hat with this one. Uh, Josh, you and I texted a couple of times during this match and I'm, I'm still not sure what it is that I call this formation, but the, what I'm going to go with is the, is a three, three, two, two, which is a slight variation on the three, five, two, uh, England played it back in 2018. I think Nagelsmann has actually played it a, just a handful of times. Um, but essentially for me, this is what I saw where you have the three center backs in a definite back line. 
Diego Palacios is a very dedicated defensive midfielder who we need to get to that at some point because I thought he had a brilliant game. And then you have your two wide midfielders uh, or wingbacks in, in Moon and, and Farfan. And then that allows Blessing and Raheem Edwards to just do whatever. And they did whatever extremely very well like extremely well tonight that i mean they were those two were legitimately so fun to watch in a way that uh i don't remember i i mean i don't know that i've ever had so much fun watching raheem edwards and it's been a while since latif has played like that uh and then uh rodriguez and arango up top and the way that those four interacted on the ball and the wingbacks got involved i thought it was a good i thought it was a, a good game plan for seattle who again they play three at the back as well and you occupy them with guys like rodriguez and arango i think those are two players that can get past any three center backs that you put out there from mls and then you overwhelm the their defensive midfielders you go one for one with them uh with blessing and raheem and you just allow them freedom of movement to pull them apart especially given that seattle moves their wing back so far forward. I think there was just so much space for them to, uh, them being Edwards and, and blessing to get wide whenever they wanted to behind those wing backs and just wreak havoc. Um, so again, a tactical masterpiece from, from Bob and one that we haven't really seen. Like, first of all, it's a bizarre formation, but it's also something that we're not used to seeing from Bob, these big changes. Sorry, I went on for a while there. No, I mean, I think uh, we talked about this earlier, but the last time I think we've seen Bob play in a bit of a this pragmatic approach is when he coached the national team, right? Like you have you have two forwards who can do a multitude mm-hmm. of things in terms of dropping in and, and stretching the field and Rongo and Rodriguez, similar to what he used to do with Donovan and Dempsey. And then you just have a bunch of guys who are going to work their butts off. Um, yeah. And again, Palacios in, you know, in that, in that six just allowed Edwards and blessing to be the most annoying players on the field yeah. at all times, <laughs> like at a, you know, like, you know, it's, it's for 90 minutes. Those, those guys are going, you know, 150 miles an hour nipping at your heels Again, you know, right? Edwards will, you know, go flying into, you know, stick, you know, just kind of get a foot on the ball, do just do stuff that, again, given that Seattle had them still had the majority of possession, I think we gave up fifty six to forty three. It looks like in terms of what they gave up, um, what we allowed possession wise. Mm. But what can you really? What could they really do with it when you have, you know, those guys really just chomping at the bit, really just kind of always around. You know, again, it's it's wasted possession. And given um, Seattle played what a Atencio and Row in the middle of the field, it's not like you have midfield maestros that are going to be able to handle that pressure in the same way. Um, <clears throat> you know, again, and, and there and with and is what Rodan and Montero were the two forwards underneath uh, Will Bruin at the time. Yeah, so you guys, yeah. you don't have their best guys that are going to be able to make you pay when when our Edwards overcommits you know, on, on his pressures right, right. or, you know, you know, like, and blessings going to be able to take the ball off, you know, take the ball off those guys the way that he wouldn't be able to, if Ladero was, you know, doing his thing the way that we've seen over, over the past, you know, years, um, you know, at the 10 for them. So again, it's, it's Bob understanding what Seattle was bringing to the table with their lineup. And then again, I think, what made this one work tonight was Palacios, right? Because if Palacios isn't there to clean clean up the mess, to fill in that space behind Edwards, to fill in the space behind Blessing, when those guys are tearing forward, doing a bunch of stuff, you know, and Farfan also, again, we've given him a, a hard time very often on this show. But tonight, again, did play his role in terms of being able to just kind of pinch in and, and allowing Edwards to kind of move forward and play alongside Palacios. Um, almost as like a in a weird like three like what you called it a three. three I'm saying three two, three two two. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, but but we have the the back line, then Farfan Palacios and Bla, and Farfan Palacios and 
Kim Moon One, and then Blessing mm-hmm. and Edwards ahead. Which Moon Kim Moon One's going to get forward as well, right? So it's really just Palacios and Farfan being able to have, you know having that responsibility of of just eating everything up in the midfield, and those guys did great, right? So like, and again, it's one of these weird situations where in a weird game where Seattle's probably expecting LAFC to play the way the LFC plays, throwing literally the kitchen sink at them, you know, in a, in a must win game, you know, worked, worked to our advantage. Yeah. Um, what if, if I can go to one more thing here, the subs that Smetcher, Smetcher, why can't I say that name? Uh, the subs that Brian made, I will say, um, he had to sell off Will Bruin due to injury like early in the first half. But then his next subs are uh, Brad Smith at wing back because they were getting just destroyed down that flank. Uh, again, in large part due to Blessing and, and Edwards. And then the next two that come off are their two defensive midfielders uh, in uh, Kellen Rowe and, and Atencio. So it's like that's where all the problems were being created were was in that in that kind of second line of of Seattle's defense and they didn't have an answer even after the subs came in so i mean again a masterstroke from 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 Bob on this one where he just nails it and takes what is a very beleaguered roster and like I like I said earlier, I, I really do think this is one of those rabbit out of a hat games where it's just like, man, that was incredible. Um, should we talk about some of the individual performances beyond just Bob getting it right tactically, though? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, anybody you want to go to first? I mean, I think we've we've mentioned him already, but Palacios has that dedicated six. Um, yeah, I would. Would it be too much of a hot take to say that he's actually looked better there than he has at left back this season? Um, because it might I it think, might be a hot take to say too much, but like, do I want to see more of him there? One hundred percent, I want to see that again mm-hmm. at some point. You know, especially if you're going to have Atuesta continue to be on the mend, right? Having him in there with, for example, if you're going to have him in there, move move um, Edwards back out wide and then play. Sifu and blessing ahead of him and just let those guys yeah. do go to work. I mean, again, it's not a bad option, right? And if, if you're really, if you think that you just need to just have him sit in, sit in and kind of protect that back line a little bit. And the thing is, it's like when, when he signed, right. And we beat it, we beat out Barcelona B to his signing. What was the one thing that you constantly saw in his highlight videos was him just tackle after tackle after tackle. Right. And just, and mm-hmm. he, the way that he played tonight, you know, again, just like just being able to eat up space, playing in passing lanes and just disrupting the flow. Like, yeah. the, like you were saying, that he really disrupted that connection between that, that those defensive midfielders trying to find uh, Roldan, right? Because that's basically how they start their play. You know, Montero mm-hmm. is more of a forward as opposed to, or a 10 more than anything. And, but he's still not a guy that really is the, the, the link. Roldan is their link to the to the forward line in absence of Ladero. Um and so today what you kind of saw was that you know that link being completely destroyed by either Palacios or Blessing, you know, and and yeah. Edwards like those three just really dominated the midfield. And so again to see a guy slide in from from left back who they said the last time he's played in at the 6 was sometime with the Ecuadorian youth national team. I mean what, oh, did they say that game. on the broadcast? I didn't okay. even catch that. Yeah, it was like towards the end. I think uh, Twelman was kind of discussing, like okay. when they were kind of where they had put him. Yeah, I mean that I, I'm I'm still kind of shocked at how how well that worked tonight. And again, that could just be you know a one time thing that it worked for some obscure reason that isn't going to always work in the future. But uh, I want to see it again. Maybe not this season. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe they still had the same injuries and people missing in the game against Vancouver. Although we have another week uh, for that one to happen, but uh, definitely something to to look forward to seeing again. 
Uh, Edwards had a fantastic game. Like you said, we've, we've skewered him pretty bad on this show. Um, mostly because he's just all over the place all the time. And, uh, here he is in a role where they just say, Raheem, you have no role. Just go attack, (laughs) like go track down the ball, win the ball. And when you get it, see what you can make happen. And tonight he was brilliant. I mean, he's got the assist on the, on the opener. Uh, which is a great ball um, on an even better run from Rodriguez coming in across the, uh, you know, outside it, outside to in across two different defenders and Raheem slots him inside. Um, but man, just th- an unexpected performance from somebody who uh, has been filling in at left back, even though he seems to be much more of a, of an attacking midfielder. I mean, I know that's always been his position, but man, that was quite the game from him. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like one of those ones where it's like because of the runs he makes, like he's constantly, I mean, he still was dispossessed six times, which is the Edwards <laughs> that we're, we've come to. True to form. Can't get right, away from where, everything. Where he'll make he'll make that initial great run and just sit, tend to just lose it in random places, you know, in, yeah. in inside the 18. But at the same time, like, his his ability to pressure tonight, his ability to just be in space, to just be a be kind of just an annoying presence alongside Latif. Um, you know, like again, it's hard to it's hard to 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 criticize anything from his game tonight. Because yeah. again, while while we're not asking him to be our, our ten, right? We're asking him to again basically to just be you know, an an anti midfielder, right? Alongside Latif <laughs> in a weird and again yeah. in in a strange role in which again we're we're playing so much more pragmatic, but at the same time, you know, when Rodriguez and, and Arango do so much up top alone with just that alone that those guys are allowed to kind of just do focus on what they do best, which is just press and be in space yeah. And, yeah. and be annoying. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, the idea of playing with two anti-10s sounds bonkers. Probably because it is bonkers <laughs> to play to put in, like, not only one, like, not, not just sacrifice one midfielder, but two is just, like, uh, for lack of a better term, energy guys, where, they, you, again, they're just pressing nonstop, and they pop up at all these, all like, they're, they're in all the wrong places all the time. I had a hard time understanding what his role was. Again, speaking of Edwards, because sometimes he would pop up as a in the middle of a front three, and sometimes he'd be on the right wing, and sometimes he'd be playing left wing. Um, but again, that's the role tonight: is you sit underneath and do what you have to. And it, I think maybe seeing it next to Latif Blessing is what clarifies, like, okay, they're they're, they're running two Latifs out there is really what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and the one thing he did it was, like I said, it destroyed that link. Seattle's ability to connect to the forward line. Yeah, right. Where, yeah. like I said, usually Roldan and or Ladero is the one that drops in and then kind of flips the turn and and makes things work. Neither of those guys are really able to get on the ball in a way that was effective for Seattle to maintain mount any kind of credible offense. Yeah, in the way that we're used to seeing from them, you know. Um, yeah, and again, I think they did a great job of letting letting that the game come to them and then just being extremely frustrating to play through. Yeah. Right? It's again, it's, it's back to, to a certain degree. Like I said, it's back to the pragmatic U S national team, Bob, that we've, you know, that we both loved and hated at times. Yeah. I mean the passes. So one thing I wanted to talk about was where the passes out of the midfield, they came so lightning fast and it's not like the beginning of the season where we would wonder like, okay, Mark Anthony K turned over the ball and he's just looking to find somebody behind like these passes, for example, like let's go to Chicho's goal where uh, Palacios intercepts a ball and immediately plays blessing and blessing turns and fires and finds Arango and Arango seemingly just knows. I don't, I don't know how he knew that Fry was off his line because he turns and fires the ball immediately. So it's like, they're playing so fast on the counterattack, but it's not necessarily trying to play through lines on the counterattack where I think that's where we were getting into a lot of trouble earlier in the season and where Mark Anthony K really struggled is 
everything had to be a through ball. Everything had to be played behind the defense where today they're just playing in between lines, not like in between horizontal lines, not, not through the lines. Um, and they were fine with that. You know, Raheem would, would win a ball and he just, he'd play it out laterally and then make a run off of that. And then, you know, then it would find Rodriguez. And I, I, so to me, it wasn't the same, like every pass has to be vertical and through and splitting defenders. Uh, we're just going to play quick hitting passes right off the break. And all three goals came from passes through the midfield. Raheem hits, hits uh, Rodriguez with his ball. The next goal is Blessings. And I think that was Palacios to Moon and then Moon into Blessing. Uh, and then the last one I just mentioned, you know, Palacios picks it up, plays Blessing, and Blessing plays Arango. And then it's in the back of the net before you can blink. So that was really encouraging that even though, you know, we've talked about these two kind of anti-10 roles that Edwards and and uh, and Blessing were playing, that you're still getting a lot of creative output from that midfield. Yeah, but I, mean, I think a big part of it is both Rodriguez and Chicho did a really good job of dropping into the sp- and and creating those triangles, right? Like I think the one thing mm-hmm. that we had been very critical about around midseason was that they had been getting away from from their passing principles, right? And yeah. instead, you know, not necessarily just trying to have possession or those do these different things, but in terms of just seeing movement, right? You you saw them still play a lot of passes, but it was a lot of like the guys who were just standing still, right? It was like fast, you know, it's like watching like a an old Super Nintendo, you know, FIFA game where like you don't actually have off the ball movement. It's just hitting guys that are, that are standing still in a spot, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think what you saw of a lot of today was it's pass. And then, you know, you would see that, you know, like you were saying, like Palacios, find blessing. But then when blessing turns and to move, Chicho has dropped in and then also the ring back, you know, Moon has tore up the sideline in, in relationship to that move. So then if he plays Chicho, then Chicho can play Moon, right? And so you just had so much more more of that typical pass and go movement that we've come to love from LAFC as opposed to, again, I think at times earlier this year, you saw guys just kind of standing and watching, you know, it's like, Let's okay. Let's just sit back and you know, again, with especially within the system, because it it does change the the composure of the field in in the sense of like again, the spacing's not quite the same when you're in a three five two versus a four three three, and so you, I feel like you saw a lot of guys is like hit that hit that you know that long you know that 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 direct ball to Vela and then just kind of watch him, and it was kind yeah. of a lot of standing around watching you know Rosie try to go one on one watching. Rodriguez when he when he first came back go one on one watching Vela try to go one on one as opposed to okay we hit that we can hit that long ball but what's the second and third run off of that first pass yeah I think yep. truly getting back to getting those having those always having a second and third run off of every single pass that's what they've gotten back to because like I said, yeah. at times yeah this season it it looked a lot more like l tree football where it's like possession for the sake of possession without that again without that movement right yep. like you have yep. this more stagnation in terms of just kind of ping-ponging back and forth <clears throat> without the movement that is required to now stress the defense both you know vertically and horizontally at times right right uh speaking of carlos uh he makes a uh an appearance in this match i think yeah like 10 minutes so good to see him back out there. Um, we'll see what he's got for the next few games and potentially a playoff run. Uh, the tough thing with Vela coming back is like again, it, cha- it you're going to have to continue to adjust around his lack of of, of ability to pressure defensively, right? Yeah, I mean, partially because he's recovering from injury, but secondly because he usually just is not good at pressing comparatively to other guys on the team. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting to like if you consider not that I don't think we'll play this this formation again, but where does he fit into tonight's game plan? Like he literally does not. And again, part of it is because Bob didn't have him, and that's the game plan that was drawn up. What you know, Sans Carlos. Um, but if we we've seen this two striker formation work pretty well in the past couple of weeks with 
Rodriguez and, and Arango. So how does he fit in? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the likelihood is still going back to the 4-3-3 now with Arango there. And yeah. having both, you're going to have probably likely see Arango, Vela, and and Rod, you know, the, the, the two wingers kind of cutting inside underneath Arango and then the movement from the other two accordingly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad. I mean, if 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 Vela's ready for next week, and Atuesta's not, go back to the four three three just to just to see and throw Palacios in at the six. Who cares? Like, mm-hmm. At this point, what have you? I mean, what have you really got to lose? You can lose out on the playoffs, but uh, it's still kind of. I think they're in the playoff race right now. Like they're they're in right now, but Salt Lake has a game in hand, and they you know they still need a little bit of help. I think. Um, even if they do win out. So what the heck may as well see, but all right. Um, also shout out to Brian Rodriguez who continues to flash and uh, man, hopefully, hopefully it turns into something more stable. Uh, anything else before we get any questions, Josh? No, I mean, I think the one thing that can need to point, I mean, we got to bring it back up again. It's just that the, the energy and the, the, the atmosphere of the locker room just seems miles better than it did at times earlier in the season. I mean, obviously winning cures a lot of that, but I think the the presence of Rongo has gone a long way in terms yeah. of just kind of b- bringing everyone up around yeah. him. Shout out to him too. That's now 13 goals in mm-hmm. 14 games, I think. Yeah, it's absurd. Um, it's, we it's thought Dio was hot when he got here, man. Right? Yeah. That first... Yeah. That first little run with Dio there, we're like, man, is this guy ever going to stop scoring? And then he did <laughs> yeah. eventually, but Aron goes right. on a whole nother, whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. All right, so the first one here is from Lionel Hutz, at from Cheap Seat. I've complained enough about Big Ben to give him credit when credit is due. He was great tonight, was shocked by him getting down to stop that one-on-one chance. Yeah, I thought this one was a goal. 100% I thought it was a goal. Uh, and he got the save. Uh, did look much better tonight. So maybe yeah, I mean, maybe things are just looking up for LAFC, Josh. Yeah, I mean, you have to wonder how much of it was just comfort level and time to fit in and stuff like that. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen goalies take a long time to kind of get adjusted to things that in in the past, but um, <laughs> only for them to be promptly subbed out by Bob. <laughs> yeah, and maybe it'll happen again. But at the same time, like. <laughs> Currently, as we speak, the way that, you know, again, he looks more comfortable. You yeah. know, he's distributing the ball well, you know, and again, if he can continue to make saves, hey, you know, yeah, I'm good with it. Like, there's three games left. What are you going to do? Vermeer had a good run at one point, so. Yeah, yeah. Tom Camilleri at BroncoFan07. What worked best was Seattle traveling on two days rest minus Rui Diaz and looking uninterested for all but about 10 minutes. Arango's blast felt like a two-goal swing. Wish we would have seen Vela for at least 10 more minutes. And did Jamal Blackman hear us talking about him? Uh, So I think his point here is good. You know, Seattle's on two days rest. We're not on much rest either, for that matter, but they're on the road. Um, They don't have Roy Diaz. They don't have Joao Paulo, which is a blow. But at the same time, like, we only have one of our DPs on the field, so... Um, I don't necessarily feel all that bad. Um, but it is, I mean, it's a fair point. Uh, Seattle's, you know, trying to keep the one seed, but they're already in They're They're taken care of. But, um, I mean, my thing is we've lost, we've lost to worse teams than the one we saw tonight. Yeah, definitely. 100%. (laughs) So, you know, given, given, if if you if you can put away a, a team that you're supposed to beat three nothing, right, mm-hmm. right. If we actually did that throughout the entirety of this this season and put away teams that we're supposed to beat, we're not even having this conversation of whether or not we're going to sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, right? we're comfortably yeah. in fourth place or something along that mm-hmm. line, right? If you just win the games you're supposed to, and well, so yeah, like we can talk all day long about who they're missing. Okay, then we're expected to beat them, and that's what we did. Yeah. And I mean, right. so like go back to the beginning of the season when you and I were raising alarm bells. I was like, hey, we're not saying this team is doomed to failure. We're saying a few things need to change. And if you look at a night tonight, a night like tonight, a few things have changed, right? 
you have a very different starting midfield than you did at the beginning of the year. I mean, tonight you started three non-midfielders in the midfield. That's like eight left backs on this team. <laughs> right, like you basically played a bunch of a bunch of wingbacks on in midfield today. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and you don't have a Rongo, right? You bring in a striker, and he and he finds his form. Rodriguez wasn't with the team to start, and it looked like he was never coming back, and that the team wanted nothing to do with him. And now they seem to be interested in keeping him around and making. I mean, what I've thought, what I've found interesting is all the communication from Brian indicates that the coaching staff is trying to take him under his, under their wing. Um, so a lot has changed uh, to to make all this come to fruition. So hopefully, hopefully it's enough change and they can stick it out, but. We will see. Next one, Christopher Colonna at LAFC 2021. Playing nine defenders. There you go, Josh. Playing nine defenders and only two attackers is what worked. If it means they look like they look tonight, I'm totally fine if they want to play that way for the rest of the season. A great win tonight. Two finals left against Vancouver and Colorado. Josh, your thoughts on nine defenders on the field, and if that's true. I think there's an argument would you rather play nine the nine defenders or would you rather have Chris Sostomo in your midfield? I'm going to go with the nine defenders. I mean, again, the guy works hard, but but Palacios playing out of position, right, mm-hmm. still showed more quality than we've seen from him thus far, right? And, and again, yeah. that's, you know, it's the, I mean, sometimes it happens, right? It's the reality of football. Like, there's a reason why they paid as much as they did for Palacios is because they expect him to have that type of talent where he yeah. can come in and do a lot of different things really well, right? Better than the average guy that you're going to move up from, from USL. Yeah. And then, I think one of the things I'm know. most impressed with is the fact that truly nine of the players out there were either a goalkeeper or players who have regularly played on the back line. Mm-hmm. Blessing, Edwards, Palacios, Farfan, Ibeaga, right? Fall, Murillo. And then, of course, you're you're. So, I mean, this is this is an interesting point from from Chris here that legitimately nine defenders on the field, and you still come away with not, with three goals. Pretty impressive. But again, I mean, isn't this basically what the national team did for a long time, right under Bob? Yeah, just yeah. play a ton of defenders, and then two guys up top who can make things happen. Yeah, uh, CC at Fugasi. We converted the main chances on goal. We got, there were some good, all right, number two, there were some good to great saves by Blackman. Three, the deflections favored us finally. Four, Seattle looked off and lost without Rui Diaz. And the forward, they did start having an injury matters worse for them, uh, made matters worse for them. Yeah, I mean, all these are 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 fair points. Them having to sub off a, a their second string uh, striker, you know, finally converting some of these chances. Uh, you know, it's not always that we see Rodriguez able to go five hole on a keeper. So I, I think these are pretty but fair. The thing. We're playing our ninth string number six at this point. <laughs> yes. So, and I that, mean, and that causes to play our third string left back at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, everybody's but, it, but moved. what is the saying? It's yeah. like, you can only play the team in front of you, right? So as much as we want to, like, you know, you can we can try and downplay how how good of a win this is, but again, you, when it comes down to these last ones, you just gotta just get the W, baby. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, next one, Justin thirty three W. By the time you read this tweet on your show, I hope you talked 50 minutes about how incredible Palacios <laughs> about how incredible Palacios was tonight. According to Twelman on the broadcast, Palacios led the team in touches and interceptions. Dude was a stud. Yeah, I mean, we I hope we we didn't do 50 minutes. We're on minute 35 right now, but hopefully, uh hopefully it was enough about him. Anything else on him, Josh, before we move on? I mean, what can you really say given given the circumstances? Like again, like he his skill set lends really well to play being a destroyer, right? And and especially when you have two guys ahead of you who are also just destroying the ball. You know, again, like I think the one thing that I felt tonight 
you know, compared to among, you know, compared to some of the other season, is that you had defined roles for this this midfield, right? Like oftentimes, mm-hmm. you and I are, are always questioning, like, you know, what is what is their actual what is their actual purpose on the field, right? Are they supposed to be pragmatic? You know, in the, the, is the midfield supposed to be more workman and pragmatic, and playing behind the fullbacks? Are they supposed to be half space merchants? Today, you really just saw like it was their like their number one priority was just to defend and to press. And then when they had opportunities, you know, on the counter, yeah, then they got into the half spaces and those different things. But I think having that defined, like, hey, this is this midfield, no one will play through this midfield tonight, right? Like that, that was the message and they got it loud and clear. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The artist formerly known as Danniness. Cheers, guys. Yeah. A great game. Just, just celebrate it. Just enjoy it. Uh, Christopher Colonna again at LAFC 2021. Now let's hope our results, uh, now let's hope other results break our way for once. Uh, yeah, you know, I honestly haven't checked again since the game ended on what the standings are or like where, you know, what help we need. Um, so let's see I know here. RSL needs to, needs to continue or needs to lose. Um, yeah, so let's see. With 32 games, LAFC currently sits in seventh. Vancouver is in eighth place, but they have a game in hand. RSL has two games in hand. Um, they've okay. only played 30. Um, Minnesota's played 31 in the Galaxy. So we're two points behind the Galaxy, two points behind Portland in fourth. Right? So again, a lot can happen in not a lot of time because, again, between the ninth place team in RSL and at the moment and the fourth place team is four points. Mm. So again, I mean, and let's see if how many, there's two games left. Yep. Vancouver, right. Colorado. Minnesota, Minnesota is going to play Vancouver and Sporting KC and the Galaxy coming up. Um, RSL has Portland, Dallas, San Jose, and Sporting. Um, all of which are again like you—you you can never expect a result with any of the any of these. You know, like anything can happen in any of these games because no one has no one has been consistent thus far. Yeah. Right. In basically after after Colorado in the West. You know, you have your top three, Seattle, Sporting, Colorado, and everyone else has just been mediocre, right? Mm-hmm. Like Portland will drop a game to Austin that you don't expect them to, you know, to win. You know, like Austin's in, in 13th, but they have two more wins than both Houston and Dallas. Yeah. Like, yeah. Weird stuff happens, you know, so. Yeah. We'll see. All right, next one, Somber Emirath at Somber Emirath. The aggression has finally arrived. They were not just aggressive but composed. Sadly, this might all be too little too late and all for naught. Let's not forget that this is also Seattle that has not been doing well, so it's best to be cautiously optimistic going forward. I think that's fair. Again, when you put the win in context of what Seattle's been doing, like you said, they, they're they trending downward at the wrong time and they're missing some key players. Um, so I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's unfair to say, hey, let's have some – some caution with uh, how exuberantly we we cheer this on, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, again, we we should have never left it to these to this, right? Yeah. Like LAC yeah. should have never put themselves in a position where they needed help to win, right? So obviously, like the draw against Minnesota, <clears throat> the draw against Galaxy, right? Losing to Portland, losing to San Jose in September. Right, these are all games that you probably should have gotten better results from, and yep. not left it to the point where you're you're needing help. You know, you're needing help. But at this yeah. point, all you can really do is play. Like I said, is play the games in front of you, and let and let things fall. You know, come as they may. And again, you're getting guys back, and you're and you're getting to a point where, from a continuity standpoint, like guys look like they know how to play with each other, mm-hmm. right? Like. For a long time, I you know again you wondered like, do do guys actually know what they're supposed to be doing within what the current you know tactics are, and neither of us thought that they did right. Everyone yeah. looked a bit lost. Every everyone looked out of place, 
right? When you know when you're you're missing ten, you know, there's ten guys on your injury list every single week. It's gonna happen. But like I said, as they get healthy, as they're able to kind of put put the the roster together, I think now you're starting to see what this team potentially could be. And again, it's it's taking a page out of Seattle's playbook, but one that could hopefully, you know, like I said, should we should we be able to sneak in? would bode well for us moving forward. Yeah. All right. Christopher Colonna again, also at the risk of jinxing it. Holy crap. Does Arango look like a grand slam of a signing? Give me four or five more players like him in different positions all over the pitch, please. <laughs> I mean, well, of course we'd love to spend that kind of money on, on all those players, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's been a fantastic signing. Josh, talk about Chicho. I mean, let's start with this. There's a reason why, Guys that at twenty six are better, like are generally better than guys at twenty one, right? Think think about you as a person and who you were at twenty six versus twenty one, and the decisions that you made, you know, both yep. personally and on the sports field. Like you just think about the game differently, um, man. You think about life differently, and when you see what Arango does, it's just that much more mature than anyone else we've seen, right? try and come through or even guys on, I mean, even, even some of these, you know, whether it be Rodriguez or, or Rossi, right. The reason, you know, Arango just has that, that understanding that only comes with time and experience that I think that some of the young guys is, you know, especially our, 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 our money signings, right. Or what we're hoping become, you know, sell on signings are lacking, right. Is just that wherewithal and understanding of, of, of space and time and, how to manipulate it to your benefit. And Arango just seems to do that better than, and you know, anyone else short of Carlos Vela, right? I think the one I mentioned before, it's like, if we thought Atuesta had eyes in the back of his head, Arango does it from a forward perspective, because again, his ability to, to turn and see openings and, and understand which runs to make again, is something that we haven't seen from anyone on this team ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to have Chicho is all I'm going to say, Josh, uh, mm-hmm. because he's changed everything. Uh, next one. Sometimes I really just love the gift responses, Josh. LAFC Kansas, Midwestern supporters, and it's a gift from Shits Creek, which is a fantastic show. I'm sure you all know this, but it's from the episode where Alexis joins the cult uh, mm-hmm. and invites all her friends to join the cult. And it's the little Stairmaster guy saying, can I get an oh yeah, Josh? Oh yeah. There it is. That's more of the Kool-Aid man, but you know. Yeah. It's all right. That's all right. Or or Randy Savage. For that. <laughs> yeah. I think we need the defenders on the show to, to do the Randy know, Savage. Right? Shout out to Christian Philemon. Uh, the Bacchanal at the Bacchanal. Not to overreact, but that was just joy to experience live. Boys were just on it tonight. Blackman had some legit saves tonight, and even Edwards was game. Uh, guys, I've spoken poorly of... Uh, uh, oh, okay, sorry. Guys, I've spoken of poorly played their hearts out tonight. I will say I'm semi-worried about how Vela and Chicho will work together. We talked about that. Notable Chicho was pulled quite quickly after Vela came on hoping their egos won't be an issue as it does feel like the team became Chicho's squad in Vela's absence. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this will be okay. I think um, I'm honestly more worried about them fitting in tactically together than anything else. Uh, I think Vela's always kind of been this enigmatic guy that likes to do his own thing. And I think, I don't think he's going to step back in and try and force his hand against what's happened with Chicho. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I the one thing that I I will say is that in the game that game or games that they played together, which wasn't very many, the one thing I will say is that Chicho def- probably deferred to Carlos a little bit more than he should have, right? And I'm hoping at this point the the run of games that he's had will give him that confidence to be able to now just play, you know, the way he should, as opposed to again like kind of almost forcing the issue at times trying to find Carlos Vela and, and, and kind of deferring to him again. And now, you know, don't, don't defer to him, play with him. Right. And I think he's, as long as he does that Vela, Vela, we know is a smart enough player to be able to, 
to make things happen, you know, um, for other guys, right? Like Vela's not a, he's never been a selfish player, right? And often I think he, he's probably more criticized for being too passive and too, too being, you know, being too willing to give it up when he probably shouldn't kind of thing. And so I think it's one of those situations now moving forward where it's like, just as long as he makes the correct runs, Vela will pick him out, right? If he if he does those if he does the things that he does well, like they'll work well together. It's just a matter of again, do do they do they revert back to the stand and kind of watch him watch in awe, or do they actually play with him like they did in two thousand nineteen, right? Like, and you have you sometimes you have to be willing to stand up to your best player and say, no, feed me because I'm I'm on it I'm hot right now. And yeah. so, you know, again, I think at this point he has the clout to do it because he's shown that he's scoring right at this point has, sh- has shown that he's capable. Um, again, but going forward, it's just one of those situations where, you know, does he does he end up kind of reverting back to a more pa- is he going to be a more passive? And again, if he if he doesn't, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man, we got a lot of comments. People are happy tonight, Josh. <laughs> It's a lot mm-hmm. to get here to get to here. Uh, uh, Jesus Man, uh, Manriquez at Jesu twenty one. The mentality and character—they actually played like they were fighting for the spot. Aggressive pass, everyone pressing. Or aggressive press, excuse me. Everyone pressing and winning though, and winning. Uh, man, some sometimes typos. I don't. I don't mean to sound stupid, but I have to work through them. Aggressive press. Everyone pressing and winning the ball quickly in an attacking position. Critical towards goal and good defense in the first half. If we make the playoffs with this mentality, with a recovered Vela we could fight in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, all the stuff we've been saying, right? Different, Definitely displayed a different mentality. And if they carry that, we're good. Uh, unpopular football lover at Foot Fanatica. Keep Chicho, even if he takes a DP spot. Um, he's certainly yeah. earning it right now. And yeah. I mean, if you can, if you can buy him down, I don't know if you have to buy him down. Vince was, I asked Vince about it a couple of days ago. He wasn't quite sure, but it seemed like he wouldn't necessarily need to be bought down. Uh, but man, if you can have him for a couple, for another year or two, whatever his contract is before you have to sign him as a DP, and then you can bring in more DPs. This be dangerous, really dangerous. Yeah, if they I mean, do it right. The best case scenario, right, is if you can do, if you basically keep him and then sign, basically what two young, the two young, young money signings, um, in that in that final spot, and so you can you can have so there. the way it works is if you sign Chicho to a you know a TAM deal, let's call it. I know that's not a thing anymore, but if he's not a DP and then they sign a young DP, which I think Brian Rodriguez can still be grandfathered in, but I'm not positive. You can, so you'll, you'll have, again, whatever Vela does or doesn't do, you can have two more DPs, either one is Vela or you have two new ones. And then by having that one young DP, you then have three young players that you can sign on DP light money. So you could be looking at a squad of three young ish DP level players that are on less money, a young DP and Brian Rodriguez, Carlos Vela and Chicho. So you, I mean, you could, you could legitimately build a a really, really impressive squad. So I don't know if any of that makes sense as I'm spouting all that. I mean, the situation with Vela is almost favorable at this point. Right? Yeah. Because regardless of what yeah. he decides to do, you can now, you now have the, you just have a lot more roster flexibility in general, mm-hmm. having sold Rossi on, um, and so that obviously is the first is the first domino to fall. If Rodriguez continues to keep it up and play well with the national team, he'll probably be the next. And then, again, whether it's Vela or someone else, you reload the deck and then you build it with that with those young money signings, which now just <laughs> gives you, again, while. While we're currently looking at guys that have gotten playing time that are USL quality, now you're looking at you know eight eight hundred to one million dollars, you know somewhere in that like yeah between yeah. five and a million, you know guys that are worth about that. 
playing on the field, which again is this is a huge step up in quality and puts you on par should they pan out right in closer to what you would see from you know like maybe a Leah Mackey side, yeah, right? in terms of just you know, roster spend and money mm-hmm. on the bench, right? As opposed to usually, right, starting eleven, we're usually fine. Once you get into the those bench spots, they have DPs on their bench and. You know, we're fielding guys that make $75,000. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Chris Colon is back, Josh. Uh, two questions. One, was this their best performance of the season? I'll let you go ahead and take a swing at that. Mm, this was, this was not the best football I've seen them play. Right. This was gutty. It was gritty. It, it was, it was the it was the most team performance that we've seen, right? In terms of guys just believing, right? It's it's the it's on Ted Lasso night. They played like you know they played like an AFC Richmond team that was. Oh, we're gonna get we're promotion. gonna get to Ted Lasso in a second too. Yeah, keep right? going. Versus <clears throat> versus, I think I believe it was. Man, which one? Maybe Ted Lasso night was like, SKC. Is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. The the original one where they got smacked, right? The, yeah. That the one that we went to, that was the yeah. first Ted Lasso night. This one when mm-hmm. everyone when everyone was at when Ted Lasso was actually at the game, right? This is the one that they tend to they finally found, you know, that inner belief in Was that know, the SKC game where it was like the Las Vegas Light Squad and they beat them four one? Um I mean they just yeah. they came out and trounced them. No, no, no. I'm talking like in terms of Again, it was that's another weird one, right? But I'm talking about the one that we went to and we lost for one. That was the yeah. That was the initial when uh, Polito and Shalloway were just going wild. Yeah, that was just, the that was yeah. the first Ted Lasso game. You know, okay. when they had brought the, the the bus out and everything like that. Yep. But in terms of the best football, I mean, the the San Jose game comes to mind, right? The 31, 31 against San Jose because you just saw. It all kind of come together. Even the Dallas game, you know, it was defensively didn't look yeah. good at times. But you know, again, and and again, the four nothing, right, was a nice one too. You know, like where Mamadou Fall just goes to work from the beginning, and then uh, yeah, Rongo yeah. and Atuesta finish it off. But yeah, I mean, I think we've seen, you know, when Duke has played, we've seen better passing in the midfield, right? This 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 wasn't this wasn't a pretty game. This was, you know, a game that was just about heart and who wanted it more. So it's interesting that you go that you that you mentioned the heart and and this kind of gritty performance because when I first started watching this match and Raheem was spending a lot of time in the front three, I thought to myself, is this Marcelo Bielsa's three three one three, where he plays with, you know, he plays with a ten as as they call it, you know, the enganche, right? Um, being Latif blessing in this in this instance, and you and you have. Uh, Edwards is part of a front three, but those guys are rotating all the time. Like we always see a front three for LAFC do. Um, because that's kind of the feeling I got, you know, not, not the same kind of crazy high press that you see from Leeds or other Bielsa coach teams, but still kind of that same energy. And where, where you, like you said, everybody's bought in, everybody on that field is going to defend every blade of grass that they come across. Um, and that's kind of how I felt about this performance. So th- um, I don't know. Part of me, part of me wanted to call it before we came on a three-three-one-three, just so I could talk about Bielsa and, and kind of that aspect of the game. Um, but anyway, I, 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 I like, I like that. I do think San Jose was an example of a game where a team, like they, completely overwhelmed a team with what they were doing on the ball, um, which is kind of what we're more used to seeing with LAFC. But anyway, same with, same with the four nil win against uh, SKC too. All right. Next one here. We're almost through monster twins at Katie Burris 2016. Blackman was really great on point in the goal. We connected and didn't seem disjointed like so many other games. It may have been cheeky and blessing working so well together. Again, we've talked about this a couple of times, cumulative hard work while also Seattle having a crap game. What a special night at the bank. Yeah, this would have been a fun one to go to with everything that was on the line, but um, next one, Josh Brian at BR Hito six. And here's your Ted Lasso reference. It's another gift comment, uh, him jumping up and hitting the belief sign. Um, can I tell a quick story about, I believe 
Um, not not the chant. That chant is tired, and mm-hmm. the American Outlaws need to need to retire that chant. Shout out to Barra Seventy Six because they're doing something good. Um, when I was at Officer Candidate School, if you ever said you had to talk to the third person, you weren't allowed to use I or or say your name. Uh, you'd always have to refer to yourself as this candidate. And anytime a drill instructor would ask you, like if you did something or why you did something in this can and you say, this candidate believed it was the right thing to do or whatever, they would just start singing R. Kelly to you in like drill instructor, frog voice, like, I believe I can fly, right? Um, sorry, I'm sure that was great audio for everybody out there. Um, but then when I got to the fleet, a lot of senior enlisted Marines had these staples buttons that they had modified to say, I believe. And when a young Marine would come in and be like confused about what a task was or why they were being sent to, I don't know, clean the head yet again, they'd say, I'm going to stop you right there. And I just need you to push the, I believe button and do as I tell you. Um, Anyway, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but for some reason, when I saw when I saw that gif, it was like him smashing the believe poster, and I, I'm hitting the I believe button on on the fact yeah. that LAFC can do this this season. I mean, I, I mean, again, we've <clears throat> for for the Bob out people, right? Um, there's been that sense where it's like, has everyone bought into what? the tactics were has everyone bought into the philosophy those types of things and i think we've seen we've seen that belief strained at times right we've had a hard time believing in what this team has has done in the approach right i'm still not 100% believing in what the front office has been trying to do at times right i mean yeah, we give right. them we're going to give them grace and some leeway here because of the pandemic and some of these different things but again they're going to have to figure out how to transition this team into the next phase out of the out of the you have a ton of TAM money because you're an expansion t- expansion side, and how do you now become a regular member that competes year in and year out in the way that a Seattle does, in the way that right. a Kansas City right. does, in terms of how you construct the roster and those sort of things, right? The, um, again, that remains to be seen. But yeah. I will say, right, this team buys in and believes in, you know, in, and had that belief in terms in terms of what their mission was tonight, right? Like, yeah. no one seemed confused. No one seemed lost. No one seemed like disinterested. They, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Everyone said, okay, this is what my, my job is. This is my role is. And I believe that I can do it really well. And that's yeah. what they showed they could do. Yeah. You know, that's a really good point too. And I don't know that we've addressed that idea that, um, I mean, we've talked about how, how important it is to build a, a, a stable roster in MLS in terms of how you use your salary cap and all that stuff. Uh, and I think Seattle's a really good example, not only because they do it year in, year out, and we're all sick of Seattle, but because what does Brian Schmetzer do that's like, oh my, I, I cannot say. What does Brian Schmetzer do that is all that great? Like, you can't, you couldn't tell me what his teams do other than he puts them in good positions. Like this year, he lost Jordan, Jordan Morris, so he said, fine, we're going to go to three at the back. And we're going to use our, our, our wing backs to attack more. And it's worked out really well. And now Jordan Morris will come back and who knows what they're going to do. But he's, he's a very pragmatic coach. Um, so it, it goes to show that if you can just like get the roster right, you're going you're gonna to do pretty well in MLS. Um, because everybody else is, is under that same struggle to get, to get 11 good players on the field. So I don't know. I just, I appreciate you said that there. Uh, oh my God. They just keep coming. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jair Gonzalez at Jay-Z in one Palacios in the middle. He was superb. Next one is very similar. So I'm just going to get through it here. Uh, Jose. Nope. That's not where did that go? I lost it. All right. Here it is. Uh, Randall, great handle at Thick Daddy Randy. <laughs> Playing cheeky at the midfield made the team look a bit stronger at times than when he played at his regular fullback position. Again, we've talked about this. It's a very common theme tonight because it's it's pretty obvious. Like he he bossed it there tonight. Um, Josh, any last parting shots on Chicho before I take some 
editorial liberties here with uh, our last comment. Now go for it. Okay. The next comment comes from uh, somebody who's reaching troll level status for the for the counter press. Often hops in the mentions. I'm not going to mention his name, but often hops into the mentions because he disagrees with whatever you and I are saying. Uh, just so he knows I have him muted on my account. So I rarely see what he says. Uh, Keeper grew an inch and was even taller today, referring to our spat with him over calling Tomas Romero too small and us re- responding with a bunch of world-class, world-class goalkeepers who are as tall or even shorter than Tomas Romero. Uh, so he wants to play the receipt game, and I'm going to play the receipt game too here, Josh, to close out the show. Uh, in April of this year, April 25th, it was actually after another Seattle game. This is kind of crazy. Uh, he hopped in the mentions to talk about a few things, uh, namely Marco Farfan, who had an abysmal game that night. And I, I was trying to explain what went wrong tactically and why Marco Farfan was not a foot was not a fit there. And I was he kept we just kept going back and forth in this little Twitter spat, Josh. And I got so tired of it that I started posting screenshots of the game to show exactly what I was saying. And the response was, well, I was drunk and watching from the North End. First of all, thank you for being a fellow member of the 3252. I love that. We can disagree, whatever. Um, But don't come at the show if you're too drunk for analysis. And certainly don't give me those kind of receipts if you plan on trying to pull receipts later because now we know. Now we know who's going to be right because I'm watching the game from a couch on TV. I, I, I know what I'm seeing, Josh. So, sorry, I had to, I had to, these footballs aren't going to spike themselves, Josh, is what I'm trying to say. No, I mean, that, <laughs> that was the Gronk spike with the, <laughs> the Chicho Rango um, celebration all in one. I'll take it. Tongues out, deuces up. <laughs> oh. You know what, we're just going to end it right there. Deuces up. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>